This morning, I just want to encourage you this from the word of the Lord today, and we're going to be looking at a story in Acts chapter 27. If you've been watching the news lately or watching the Weather Channel, you'll notice that we're in what's called hurricane season. And off the coast of Africa, near the coast of the Caribbean islands, there are hurricanes forming and developing, and they begin to, and you can watch them on those maps spin and begin to form as they approach the coast of the U.S. And some may come to hit land, and some may spin off and may never form or develop. But one of the things is, is we always watch how those storms And, you know, the thing about meteorologists and about weather is is that there's always a chance of probability. It's almost always difficult to 100% say what the weather is going to do. There is always this slight chance of probability about which a storm might do. And that's what makes storms very challenging for us, even as a nation. As we begin to prepare for a hurricane season or as storms come even in our own backyard, maybe it's a, just a thunderstorm, it's always difficult because we never really know exactly what the damage from the storm might be. It might be a flood. It might be lightning strike. It might be a strong wind. There's always that element of a storm that is unpredictable and makes it challenging. I remember some years ago when I was going about a day and I was at an event And I remember that we all got notices on our phone. And I just happened to be taking a nap during that time. And we all got notices on our phone that a tornado was coming. And, you know, sometimes you get those things and you know, you know, is it really going to come? Or is this just an alert to make sure that we're aware of watching? But sure enough, as we were getting that alert, I remember running outside and looking up in the sky. And I could see those clouds begin to make a funnel formation, begin to form. And thankfully, that tornado never touched down. But it was definitely an eye-opening experience for me in my life about the nature of storms. Really what it comes down to is this, is that storms are unpredictable. They leave us in suspense. And just just like physical storms that happen in our world, the wind and thunder and lightning and all of those things, the thing is, is that all of us go through storms in our lives. All of us will endure some type of storm in our life. It's the nature of who we are as humans, living on a fallen planet, living in the nature of the world we are. We go through storms in life. And this morning, as we're going to read here in Acts chapter 27, Paul and, the, uh, Paul and some other uh, people who were on a boat with him went through a difficult storm. And as they went through this storm, there are some great lessons that we can learn about how to survive the storms of life. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning is surviving the storm. Surviving the storm. As we read here in Acts chapter 27, this is an incredible and inspiring story. As Paul knows, and he's been given word that he has to go to Rome. And he has to give a testimony before the emperor of Rome about how God has changed his life and transformed him. But all along, he's really, he's a prisoner who's being escorted to Rome. And so on his journey, he's being passed from hand to hand, who's getting him there. And on this particular journey, he's being placed on a boat. And as for some reason, we're not really sure, but for some reason, the people who are in charge of, of Paul's transport, some of them are very kind and helping him along the way, and some are very difficult along the way. But for some reason, these particular crewmates are in a hurry. They, they just want to go ahead and get it done. And they know that winter is coming. They know that strong winds are coming. They know that a storm is coming. But yet, they insist that they must go about this, their, their travels anyways. And the Bible tells us that Paul gives them a warning. 
He tells them, as the Lord has given him a word of prophecy, he tells them, Sirs, I can see that this voyage is going to be very dangerous, and there's going to be a lot of loss, but only, not only of the cargo in the ship, but also of our lives. It was a warning to them that don't go out there. There's a storm coming. There's some danger that is up ahead. And then we're going to pick up and read this morning in verse 11 how these people began to respond. The Bible tells us, and this story is very long. You can read it throughout the cha- Acts chapter 27. The Bible tells us that there's 276 people on this boat. Now you can imagine this is ancient times, and here is this wooden, perhaps rickety boat with 276 people on it. And as this storm begins to pick up, you can only imagine the type of terror that was on their faces and the panic that was ensuing upon them. And the Bible says in verse 11 that the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. And since the harbor was not suitable for spending the winter, the majority was in favor of putting to sea from there. Now, I want you to take note here that the Bible says the majority. Notice how Paul is not in the majority of the opinion on this, that sometimes the direction of the Lord is not always the majority. But yet the majority insisted, we've got to go. We're going to skip to verse 13. And we're not going to be able to read this whole story this morning. It is lengthy. But I just want to read a section of of this story to you so that you can gain an understanding of how bad the storm was. The Bible says in verse 13 that when a moderate south wind began to blow, they thought they could achieve their purpose. So they weighed anchor and began to sail past Crete, close to the shore. But soon a violent wind called the northeaster rushed down from Crete. And since the ship was caught and could not be turned head on into the wind, we gave way to it and were driven. And by running under the lee of a small island called Kata, we were scarcely able to get the ship's boat under control. Just pause here for a moment, just so you can catch the gravity of what they're dealing with. Remember, 276 people on a boat. The wind is pushing them here and there and everywhere. And now they say they can't even get the boat under control. It's so bad. So after hoisting it up, they took measures to undergird the ship. And then fearing that they would run onto on the Sirtis, they lowered the sea anchor and so were driven. And notice the the language that's beginning to be put in here as Luke is writing this. He's recording how bad this storm really is. We were being pounded by the storm so violently that on the next day they began to throw cargo overboard. And on the third day with their own hands they threw the ship's tackle overboard. Notice here the Bible says this is three days that this storm is going on. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days at this point. And no small tempest raged, all hope of our being saved was at last abandoned. You can really begin to grasp how bad this storm was. Days, not just a few days, many days the Bible says have gone on. And they can't even see the sun or stars at night. The clouds are over their head. They're continuing to be pushed back and forth. You can only imagine the seasickness that was upon 276 people as they're packed in this boat. At this point, they're beginning to lose resources because they've got to throw them overboard. It just begins to paint a picture how bad this situation really was. But the Bible says, and I just want to kind of summarize what happens next, is that the Bible tells us that Paul, one night, that an angel came to him. And the angel told him, Paul, don't be afraid. 
Everyone's going to make it to safety. Everything's going to be okay because you have to get to Rome and you've got to make a testimony for the Lord. And so Paul uses this as a word of encouragement to these uh, crewmates that are with him. And today I just want to share with you some things that we learn as they're going through this storm. Although they are dealing with a physical storm, there are some important elements that can help us understand how to survive the storm. Now the question of every storm and the question that these men were asking as they were on the boat and the question that you and I often ask when we're going through the storms of life is, are we going to survive? Are we going to make it? And the truth is nobody can answer that question but God. But there are some things here today that can help us that when you are going through a storm in life, there are some things here that are so important as we're dealing with those difficulties and tragedies and, and difficult moments that help us to endure storms in life. And the first one comes out of verse 11. The Bible says that the centurion, he paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. Basically, they ignored the direction of God. Basically, Paul had a word from the Lord that said, don't go, but yet they went anyways. And the first thing that you and I can learn in surviving the storm is follow the direction of God. Follow the direction of God. It's easy in storms to resort to our feelings. It's easy in storm to resort to maybe even what reason is telling us right before us. It's easy in storms to follow what might be even right in front of us at the moment. But above all of that, when there is direction from God, when there is guidance from the Lord, that is of the utmost importance. It was God's direction all along that had their best interest in mind. It was God's direction all along that was keeping them from the gravity of the storm, but yet they insisted anyways. In order to survive the storms of life, the most important thing that you and I can do, even though storms will happen and even though storms will come, the most important thing that we can do is follow the direction of God. If we're following the direction of God, we can trust in His guidance. The question that we all have to ask in surviving the storm is, what is God saying to me in this storm? What is God speaking to me? How is God leading me? Where, what is the voice of the Lord saying to me? And oftentimes I've discovered that in a storm that it makes it difficult to hear the voice of God because of the nature of the storm. But you always have to ask the question, well, what, what was God saying to me? Where was God leading me? And how was he speaking to me before the storm was coming? And you can always trust in the word of the Lord and his guidance that he gives. So in surviving the storm, it requires us to follow the direction of God. Don't ignore, ignore the advice of God in a storm. Don't ignore what God might be saying. And the thing is that catches me about the story is that really these crewmates, they did what they thought was right. The pilot, surely he was seasoned. Surely he was experienced. Or maybe perhaps a better word was a captain in our, in our vocabulary today. Surely the captain was able to assess and look and see and know that we can make this. We can do it. But Paul knew from the word from the Lord as God had spoke to him that you cannot go about this. And it shows us that we can always follow the direction of God. It's better to follow the direction of one whose thoughts are higher, his ways are greater than to follow even our own limited resources now. So surviving the storm firstly requires us to follow the direction of God. 
The second thing we see here in verse 13 is this, is that when the Bible says that when a south wind began to blow, they thought they could achieve their purpose. They thought they could achieve their purpose. They made a mistake because when they began to obsess how the, thing, the situation was, when they saw that there was a little wind, they thought because the conditions were okay that they could go about and achieve their purpose on their own. However, they missed all along that it was only God's direction that was going to get them where they needed to be anyways. In other words, it is only God who gives us purpose and meaning in life. And the second thing about surviving the storm is this, is remain in the will of God. Remain in the will of God. They thought they could do it on their own means and their own resources and their own purposes and plans, but they missed out that they were moving outside of the will of God. They were going in a place that God did not want them to go. They were going about a path that wasn't intended for them. And remaining in the will of God provides us with a safety net for us to endure the storms of life. They were seeking to get where they were going all on their own. And they discovered the dangers of living outside of the will of God. But remember this, there is no greater safety net in life than the comfort of remaining in the will of God. There is no greater safety net than that. When you know, when you have the assurance that I am in the will of God, you can rest assured because at that moment you have the safety and the assurance of knowing I'm in the hand of God. I'm in God's hand at this point. And whatever this storm does, wherever this storm blows me, wherever it takes me, I can rest assured that I am in the will of God. I am in the palm of the Almighty God who created me. The incredible thing was that even though the storm wasn't really what was intended for their lives, God used this storm to get them where they needed to go. It's amazing how God sometimes uses the storms of life to get us where we would not otherwise go on our own. And this was exactly what was happening in this storm, is God used the strong winds, God used the waves to push them exactly to the very place that they needed to go. And this is exactly how it is, is that when you and I remain in the will of God, and even though storms may come and storms may encroach upon us in our lives, sometimes it's those very storms that help us to be exactly in the will of God. Sometimes it's those very storms that are necessary for us. The third thing we're going to see here in verse 18, the Bible says this, is that, they were being pounded by the storm so violently that they began to throw cargo overboard. And on the third day, then only, not only the cargo overboard, but they began to throw the ship's tackle overboard. Not only were they throwing the resources that they had, but they were throwing the resources that they might have even trusted in for future resources like fishing. The Bible says that neither suns nor stars appeared for many days. They gave up hope. They gave up all of their hope. Basically, it happened to be this. They couldn't get the boat under control. They were being pounded violently. That it got to a point that they had to throw cargo and tackle overboard. And this is a common practice. What might be a better word is jettison. Jettison cargo overboard in order to lighten the ship's load. 276 people. And it was necessary that they had to throw this cargo overboard so that they wouldn't be taking on so much water. They were continually surrounded by darkness. They were starving. Really, what you and I can discover from this is that every storm has loss. 
Every storm sometimes brings about some type of damage. Every storm has casualties. But sometimes losing things in the storm helps us reach our purpose. Sometimes throwing cargo overboard gets us to where we needed to be all along. And this is the third thing that we can learn from this, is that you have to follow the direction of God. You have to remain in the will of God, and then you have to grow in the plans of God. You know that this, this storm, it seemed like an unnecessary burden. Maybe it was. But the storm was a place for them to grow. It was a place for them to realize we've got to get rid of some things in order to get us where we need to go. And oftentimes that's what happens in the storms of life is God uses these storms to open up our eyes to realize there are some things in our lives that need to go, that need to be jettisoned overboard, some cargo that we need to get rid of. Basically, it was a purging. It was a sanctifying process that was happening. And God has a way of using the storms in our lives to demonstrate how we need to grow. Sometimes God uses these storms in life that we might grow in the plans of God. Or as Ephesians teaches us, that we might grow up into Christ who is the head of the body. All along, storms are intended that you and I might mature, that we might grow, that our faith might develop. There's nothing like a storm to help your faith grow. There's nothing like a storm to help your prayer life grow. There's nothing like a storm to help you lean and trust on God and help show you and demonstrate to you and I the things that we've been relying on that maybe we shouldn't have been relying on. God uses storms to help us grow in His plans. And don't despise the storm. Don't despise what God is doing in the storm. But rather, let God show you and show myself what He's doing to help us grow in His plans. So we see, follow the direction of God, remain in the will of God, grow in the plans of God. And fourthly, we see this. The Bible says here that on verse uh, 21, or verse 20, 21 through 23 rather, the Bible shows them that Paul spoke to the centurion. As they were beginning to make a way, I told you wrong, once again, verse 31, as they were beginning to let down the emergency boats, the Bible says that they were letting down their boats. They, were, they wanted to abandon the ship. They were putting down their emergency boats. They were about to do it on their own and try to sail to a different place. But the, Paul told them that God gave them a word that unless they stay in the boat, you won't be saved. And then the Bible says this amazing thing. This is the turnaround in the story. That then the soldiers, they cut away the ropes of the boat and set it adrift. They had let down an emergency raft, and they were going to get away from that major boat. But the Bible says that this time when Paul spoke up, they listened to him. Now, if you remember, the first time they didn't. The first time they ignored what Paul said. But this time when Paul spoke up, stay in the boat, they cut the emergency boat away and stayed in the boat. And this is the fourth thing we can learn about surviving the storm. And really, this is sometimes the most difficult for people when you're surviving the storm, is stay faithful to God. Storms have a way of determining our faithfulness. They have a way of helping us decide, are we going to endure or are we going to give up? And really, that was the mindset of these soldiers is, hey, we're giving up on this boat. We're jumping in this life raft and we're out of here. We're done. We're going on. And this is where people, where you and I have to decide when we're going through the storms of life is we have to make up in my, our mind, am I going to live 
and endure for Jesus, or am I going to quit and give up? Am I going to throw in the towel? Now, really, the wise thing to do is that when storms, when life is difficult and our mind is frazzled by all the things in life, that's not the time to make any big decision. That's the time to just hold on and endure and trust God. Staying faithful to God in the storm is probably the most important thing that you and I can do. There's going to be so many different variables when the storm comes that wants to cause us to doubt our faith and give up on God. And maybe the enemy might even encroach in that time and try to whisper in our ear a little season of doubt to help us throw in the towel. But remember that the storm is only helping us grow in the plans of God. It's never meant to destroy you in the plans of God. So when we're surviving the storm, the most important thing that you can do and the thing that Jesus encouraged the disciples was endure hold on press on in press on that's what Paul told Timothy that's what he told the churches multiple times the other disciples endure make it to the end be faithful to God keep pressing on it doesn't matter what the storm looked like it doesn't matter the magnitude remember this storm had been going on for days of course it was depressing of course it was overwhelming but the thing that they had was a word from the Lord to know stay in the boat stay faithful to God and sometimes as a pastor my most concerning thing is I see people who go through their lives of following the Lord one of the things that concerns me the most is when storms come in people's life is that they give up they give up on the Lord they walk away from the faith and they stop they they use the storm as a measure of God's faithfulness but really the storm was only intended to help bring them closer to God all along Remember what the Bible teaches us, as Paul tells uh, the churches in Timothy or to, to Timothy in Thessalonica: the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The Bible tells us in Psalms that God neither slumbers nor sleeps. And if God is not sleeping and He's not slumbering, then there's no reason for you and I to lose sleep in the storm. It's a it's a better reason for us to just stay faithful. Just hang on and endure to the end. Of course, when the wind is blowing, of course, when the waves are rocking, of course, that's a moment for us to wonder, is this thing going to go from underneath me? Of course, it causes us to look around. But in the middle of the storm, can I just encourage you? Stay faithful to God. Remember the one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Don't let the storm disturb you. Remember, when everything was good on the mountain, you were trusting God just fine. And it's just a little water. It's just a little wind that's causing you to doubt now. But don't, don't give up. Stay faithful to God. Don't make a hasty decision in the storm. That's the worst time to make any big decision. Stay faithful to God. Hold on to him. Which brings us to our final thing we're going to see here today. The final point we're going to learn today is hold on to the word of God. Hold on to the word of God. Verse 33, the Bible says that Paul looked at, or the, the Bible says about this, is that today is the 14th day. That you've been in suspense and remaining without food and haven't eaten nothing. Can you imagine? 14 day storm. They're being tossed back and forth. Remember, 276 people on this boat. Darkness, no sun, no stars. The wind is blowing. The water is rocking them. You can only imagine the type of way they were feeling. They don't even have energy at this point. They haven't eaten. And I, I'm, I love how the Bible includes this phrase because really it's the nature of every storm that we go through in life. They had been in suspense. And personally, I think that's the hardest part about any storm is we get left in suspense because we don't really know what's, how's this thing going to turn around? How's it going to go? 
But the one thing that they did have all along, that even though they couldn't tell how the wind was going to go, how the waves were going to go, the one thing that they did have was that Paul spoke up and he said, an angel spoke to me and he said, don't be afraid, Paul. Don't you worry. God has granted safety to all of those who stay in the boat. And you know, Paul, he was associated with the disciples who followed Jesus. And I'm sure Paul had heard the stories from the disciples. I'm sure Paul had heard about the time when they were in a boat on stormy waters. And the time when the winds were raging and the waves were against them. But then here comes Jesus walking on the water. And they thought he was a ghost because he was walking on the water. And many people, as they read that story throughout the Gospels, they think that Jesus walking on the water is the point of that story. And surely it is a miracle. And surely it is a, 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 a physics-defying act. But Jesus did not just walk on water to say he did. He was not about just kind of touting that I can walk on water. The thing that Jesus did is he walked on water to show that he is in control of the elements of nature and the elements of life that appear to be unpredictable. The, the, the things that appear to be outside of our control. There is not a man on earth, not a woman on earth, not a meteorologist, not a government on earth that has mastered the nature of winds and water. There is not one. But Jesus did. And Jesus demonstrated to those disciples, and as Paul was learning, that he is in control of the elements of life that seem to be unpredictable. As Jesus walked on water, it was a proclamation that every time they took their boats out in the water, every time they went to fish and a storm was approaching, the wind began to blow a little hard, the waves were picking up, they could say among themselves, don't be afraid, Jesus has been here and it is all in his control. On another occasion when Jesus calmed the storm, the disciples marveled because they looked around him and as Jesus spoke to the water, he said, peace be still, that they said, even the winds and the waves obeyed him. The miracle before them was seeing a God who is in control. And the things that worried them and the things that made them afraid were the very things that Jesus showed were in his control that it all belonged to him. And I love how God just shows us the things that cause us to worry, the things that cause us to be afraid, that it's in His hands, that it's in His control. That what might have been what caused Paul. He could have got afraid, but I'm sure it was a word, a source of comfort and encouragement to him that I can hold unto the Word of God. God said to me, don't be afraid, Paul. I'm going to bring you to safety. And Paul, through all of his faith in that, it didn't matter how bad it looked. It didn't matter how rocky the waters got. Paul put all of his trust in that. And as a matter of fact, that was his source of encouragement for the other sailors on the boat to say in the soldiers that God gave me a word. He's going to bring us through and we can hold on and trust the word of God. Listen, when you're going through the storm, there is nothing like holding unto the word of God. There is nothing like the person who can take this Bible and hold it up to him and say, but Lord, you said, you promised me without faith it is impossible to please God. That's the person that pleases God, is the one who's learned when everything else looks unpredictable, when everything else looks out of control, I know that the one thing that is not unpredictable is the word of God, and I can put all of my trust in his word. Thank God we can hold on to the word of God. When we're surviving the storm, follow the direction of God. Remain in the will of God. Grow in the plans of God. Stay faithful to God and hold on to the word of God.
And as we close this morning, I just want to leave you with this final thing that we learn from this story, as we learn from the story of Jesus on the boat with the disciples, and as we learn from Jesus walking on the water, is this. Storms don't bother Jesus. I would like to think that they do. But as I read through the scriptures and as I see this story here and as I see Jesus, the one storm, he's asleep on the boat. The other storm, he's walking on the water. And and the Bible says that even the winds and the waves obeyed him. You know, you would think that if storms bothered Jesus, he would show a little panic. He would show a little worry. But it seemed to be that Jesus was at ease in the storm. That he was asleep in one storm, and there he was walking almost as if he was playing in the water in another. And it demonstrates and it shows us that God is greater than any storm that can come. That there is no storm that can come that is outside of the hand of God. And the amazing thing that showed me when, we were, when I was reading about this, Jesus walking on the water in the one storm, is the Bible says that Jesus, he got it after they thought he was a ghost. It's, it's kind of a funny story. Here's Jesus walking, and they think he's a ghost, but he just gets in the boat with them anyways. The Bible says that when they begin to approach the, the coast of the sea or the land, and they got out of the boat, immediately people recognized Jesus. I love this part about this story. The Bible says that this happened, that they ran throughout the whole region. They carried the sick on mats to him. And wherever he went into villages, towns, or countryside, they placed the sick on the marketplaces. They begged him to let them touch even the edge of his cloak, and all who touched it were healed. Here the disciples just watched Jesus walk across the water. And now they're watching Jesus as he got off the boat. As if there's not a worry in the world. And now sick people are coming to him. Being healed, being delivered, being set free. And it shows us this, is that storms reveal that there is nothing our God can't do. There's nothing our God can't do. If he can calm the winds and the waves, he can deliver us. He can heal the sick and set us free. And sometimes it takes a storm to show us the just magnitude of God's power and might to show us that when we get on the other side of the storm, that we can realize that there is a God who can do the impossible. Sometimes it takes the storm to open up our eyes and realize this God that I serve, he's incredible, he's wonderful. And even on the other side of the storm, he's still incredible and wonderful. He can still heal, he can still deliver and do miracles right before my eyes. And it showed me this is that I don't have to wait to go through a storm to realize that I serve a miracle working God. I don't have to wait for things to get really bad to realize that even in the ordinary days of my life I serve a God who does the impossible who does miracles and even now when I'm in the daily day of life I can count on Jesus the one that storm doesn't bother him he can heal the sick he can deliver us and he can bring strength to us in the middle of the storm and you know the amazing thing about the story in Acts chapter 27 the most important part of this whole story the last verse of that chapter And so it was, they were all brought safely to land. God gave them a word, and he kept it. God gave them a word, and he was faithful to it. This morning, I just want to pray for us today. You're going through a storm this morning. God has given us some hope today. Not all hope is lost. 
You can hold on to the word of God. Trust his direction. Lean on him and follow his path. And can I just encourage you today, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Don't let any wind, don't let any wave discourage you, but trust in God. Believe in him. Let Let God just and the Holy Spirit work inside of you to survive this storm. And I want to pray for you this morning and pray over us today as we're surviving the storm. Lord, I thank you today. God, I just give you all the praise and all the glory this morning. And Father, for every person who's enduring hard times and enduring difficulties today, God, I just pray peace come today. Peace from your word. Oh, even the winds and the waves obey him, they said. Be still and know that I am God. Lord, I think about my friends enduring storms today, Lord. Oh, may they be comforted by the God who slept through a storm and walked on the water in another, knowing storms don't bother you. You're in control. All things are possible to him that believes. Lord, I just pray today that every storm we endure, every storm we endure as a nation, as a world, that we may realize there's a purpose in this storm. Not all is lost. Maybe we got to lose some things in this process. Maybe we got to throw some cargo overboard. Maybe we got to let go of some things we've been trying to cling to to realize we serve a God who does miracles even now. Father, I thank you today. I pray peace over every person who's going through a storm. And Lord, we say to the winds and the waves, peace be still. Peace be still, Lord. Peace, peace, peace. God, I trust you today. Father, for my friends who are listening to this this morning, and they don't know you, Lord, but they're going through a terrible time in their life, I pray, Lord, today that they would trust in Jesus as their Lord. Oh, God, your word tells us that he is faithful and just. If we'll confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our unrighteousness. So, Lord, forgive us today. We confess, Lord, oh, we've fallen here. We've messed up here. But, God, you promised that you would forgive us today. So, Lord, send strength today. Send help today. May you give us a word in the storm, Lord. May the Holy Spirit come and fill us. Give us words of knowledge, words of prophecy, that we may know you are with us in the storm. And, God, I trust you today. I believe you, Lord. And, God, I thank you this morning. May you go with us today. May you be with us this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And we thank you today, Father. In Jesus' name we pray today. Amen. We so appreciate you joining us this morning. There's some way we could pray for you today. Please go to our website, allnationschurch.org slash prayer. We want to pray with you. There's somehow we could join with you in this season of your life and just partner with you. Just be a source of encouragement. Please let us know. We want to join with you. We want to thank you for joining us this morning, worshiping with us online. We look forward to gathering with you for prayer meeting this week. God bless you. Have a great week. May the Lord be with you and keep you this week. God bless you. Be encouraged.